Welcome to episode 154 of Sweat Out, Happiness In. We're Lauren and Jason Pack, and we believe that fitness should be for anybody, everybody, and everybody. Let's get into the show. What's up, Achievers? Episode 154. Happy Monday. Yep. Uh, it's freezing. At it's least freezing in Boston. In Boston. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I feel like we had a we had a pretty strong stretch there of like pretty nice weather, and then suddenly dropped down to the 30s or so. So I keep feeling like it's sudden, but it is December. It just doesn't yeah. feel like December. It still feels like March. I, <laughs> time just stood still has been standing still since March. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we've got, I mean, we've got Hanukkah coming up this yes. week, right? Yeah, my got... family celebrates Hanukkah yep. and Christmas. I got the best of both worlds growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like 15 gifts in a matter and of And my weeks. birthday is in a week. So oh, that's true. literally everything happens for me. I at just the same totally time. forgot about that. Oh, Don't yeah. worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> it's not an important birthday. <laughs> no, it's an important birthday. Every birthday is important. Until I guess you get to a certain age, like yeah, us. that's kind of how I'm feeling. <laughs> it's like well, I don't we need feel another so birthday. old at 33. <laughs> that's true. I don't feel very old, but I just feel like it's like 34. It's just not like cool. No, it's a cool number. That's, 33 was I cool. Like a lot of Larry, Larry Bird. Larry Bird was 33 34. is Larry Bird. Um, but I think he's the only one ever with the number 33, which 34. makes it cool, especially if you're from Boston. It's like oh, it's my that's Larry true. Bird. But, but there's some good 34. Isn't Big Poppy 34? Oh my gosh! I should uh-oh, know this. Uh-oh. Don't tell. <laughs> don't tell your dad. Um, okay. Anyway, we've got a two-parter for this episode because we've had um, a number of questions throughout the week uh, pop up. So we'll get right into the show. So number one is going to be about pull-ups. I know last week's episode was about uh, pull-ups, and we actually received a ton of good feedback about it. Um, we tried to be as tangible as possible while also giving you a lot of kind of overarching mindset advice and technique tips and stuff like that so i think it um went over well it was very comprehensive but one thing that people were asking us is how to incorporate that pull-up scheme the program that we outlined in that episode how do we incorporate it into let's say our rise program if they're on rise or just any sort of uh, general strength training program that you might be on because the program that we outlined was just pull-ups right Right. We're, we're putting together an entire program around that so the question was, how do we incorporate that particular program into whatever you're doing currently, right? Yes. And so for the purposes of this podcast, we're just going to assume that you're following a two, three, or four-day-a-week general total body strength training program, right? Um, most likely, if you're listening to the show, you probably are aware of total body strength, functional strength moves, and understand the merits of that. So most likely, you're probably on something along those lines, Right. Now, the first piece of advice that we gave for um, for the people that kind of asked this question was just first identifying what your goal is in the first place, um, especially with the new year coming along. I think um, you can get kind of caught up in terms of resolutions or thinking about different goals and various aspects uh, of health and fitness, and I think that... Um, the pull-up podcast, it might inspire you to think about, okay, how can I get my first pull-up? That's going to be my number one goal. But it's really important to just kind of take a step back and think about what actually is your number one goal. Is it to get a pull-up? 
Is it a different lift, maybe to bring up your squat or your bench press or your single leg strength or your overhead stability? There might be any number of uh, things that you might be wanting to pursue over the next, you know, 6, 12 months or so. Um, or it could just be general consistency. You might be very happy that you've been working out one, two, or three days a week consistently, and you just want to keep that up. So it's just important to think about what your actual goal is and what's motivating you and driving you because as long as you have that as a clear picture, then you have a much easier time along with your journey, right? Yeah, it's really easy to get sucked into what other people are doing or what mm -hmm. you might see on Instagram or a friend is doing and feel like that's what you should be doing or feel like in this like flash moment, like, oh, I, I, I want to do that too. And then it is very important, like you're saying, to just take a step back and think about, is that is that what I actually want or did it just look cool for that second and that will help you to really decipher what's a what's a real goal versus a goal that kind of just like pops into your brain for a second yeah yeah <laughs> and then once you start to actually go after that you're like wait why am I doing this this isn't actually fulfilling me this isn't actually what I want to do so yeah very important to just try to separate out your real long-term goals and strategies versus the shiny objects that catch your eye every once in a while. Yeah, especially because, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in this answer, but the more you start to put your emphasis and focus on a particular goal, you kind of have to um, deprioritize other aspects of right. your training to suit that goal. And actually, uh, one instance of this is when, I mean... If you know Lauren at all, she loves to do handstands <laughs> and she like you, you give her any sort of amount of open space and you give her like a second of free time. She's automatically on her hands. And I was like, you know what? I kind of want to do handstands, too. <laughs> and there was probably a good two week period of time where every day I would just pop them to a handstand. It would take 10 to 15 minutes or so just kind of practicing. And then I was like why am I doing this right now? Like this, <laughs> this is like, it, it's kind of cool, but like, it wasn't that important to me. It was just like, a, it was just, it was basically just a shiny object that, uh, that uh, was presented in front of me, you know, multiple times a day. <laughs> I like um, to get from the kitchen to the living room on my hands yeah. sometimes, you know, it's, it happens. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But um, but yeah, eventually got to a point where I was like, I could be spending this time towards things that I actually want to do, not just kind of pursue something that looks a little bit interesting to me. Yeah. Um, so that's number one. Number two, now this is going to get into more of the tactical advice. What you want to think about is just kind of take an overall look at your current program. So again, whether it's two days a week, three days a week, four days a week, you want to take note of where your vertical pulling motions are coming from. And so more than likely once or twice a week, there's going to be a vertical pulling motion of some sort there, whether it's a pull-up, an assisted pull-up, a lat pull-down, anything where your arms are overhead and you're pulling straight down, that's where you want to insert the program that we put we talked about in the last podcast episode. So if day one and day three has some sort of vertical pulling motions, just take those out and input the workouts that we put um, into the podcast last time. Now, if you want, if you really want to prioritize it, you can even go a third day as well. And I would probably say that most programs wouldn't have three out of four days of vertical pulling motions. So you might need to go and adapt a horizontal pulling movement. So you might see a row later on in the workout. You can put in pull-ups there. So just thinking about where all the pulling motions are coming from, first prioritize the vertical pulling motions. And then if you want to add in more days or more repetitions, you can sub in for those horizontal pulling movements. Yeah. And one way, so you did um, 
you might be addressing this, but like there mm-hmm. is benefit to horizontal pulling motions as yes. well, right? So we don't want to completely eliminate them. Mm-hmm. And because we can see sometimes overuse, you know, discomfort and injury popping up from only going with vertical pulling and not incorporating any horizontal pulling. Um, yeah, so I, I would say also think about like, in general, just you always want to make sure that your program is fairly balanced. And there are certain movements that incorporate some of those upper back exercise, uh, sorry, upper back muscles that you get from those horizontal pulling exercises, like deadlifts, for example, yeah. where just making sure that you don't completely eliminate all movement that <laughs> that incorporate those muscles. So deadlifts, are there any other ways that you can make sure that you're, if you do sub out some of your horizontal pulling um, um, yeah, I think like farmer carries yeah. come to mind, um, snatch grip, Romanian deadlifts, basically things that kind of tax the upper back, right? right. Just kind of hold steady in that area. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like what you were mentioning before, vertical pull pulls, like lat pull downs or pull ups, um, they really get your um, lat strength, right. right? So they really strengthen your lats. When we're thinking about a balanced approach, we also like to put in horizontal pulls because that incorporates more of your mid-back muscles, your upper back muscles, and just basically... Rear delts. Rear delts, yeah, yeah. exactly. And just gets a little bit more of a balanced approach by combining horizontal and vertical pulling movements. Um, and so that's kind of why it's more of a... I just labeled it as, as a secondary category to make sure you don't uh, just completely neglect those either. Yeah. But when you are kind of prioritizing pull-ups, that's kind of where... A position where you might want to um, compromise, I guess, or right. sacrifice. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's number two. Um, and actually, going with pull-ups again, you kind of alluded to this as well, but you could also run into some potential overused stuff if you only just practice that one pattern. Mm-hmm. So, elbows can be a little bit finicky. Um, your shoulders can get a little bit finicky by doing a movement over and over and over again. And this is true with all, all forms of training, right? If you run uh, two consistently in too much volume without enough recovery like you get all sorts of overuse stuff that pops up whether it's in your knees or in the form of stress stress fractures and stuff like that so it kind of comes with the territory of really honing in on one particular goal that some level of overuse might pop up if you're not being careful the program that we outline really does help to factor in deloads and factor in very slow and consistent progress, uh, which is why I don't think that you'll experience any of that. Um, but it is worth worth something to note and kind of goes back to point number one of, is this your actual goal or is it kind of something that is a side goal, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, number three is uh, understanding that, uh, especially with the program that we laid out, weeks one, you do three sets of five. Week two, you do four sets of five. Week three of any of the given months, you're going to be doing five sets. And that might be once a week. It might be twice a week. It might be even up to three times a week. And when you get to that point, what you'll find is that you are going to be overall more fatigued than usual because you're putting in a lot of work on those pull-ups. And what you'll find is that you have to kind of make the pull-ups the main event, which really makes sense, obviously, if that's your primary goal. But what it also means is that more than likely the other lifts in your program and in your overall workout are probably going to uh, just be deprioritized a little bit. You're going to do your best to maintain them, but more than likely they're going to feel a little bit not quite as strong, Mm -hmm. right? So your squat might not feel quite as strong. Your deadlift might not quite feel as strong. And again, that's certainly okay if that is your main goal. Pull-ups are your main goal. Um, But it's just important to note that that might happen and to not – just to know that 
you're not uh, necessarily getting weaker or that you are getting less fit or any of those kind of things and those thoughts that might pop up, but just that it's just a natural thing that if you're prioritizing one aspect of your training, then other parts of your training um, might deteriorate just a little bit. And an example that I uh, like to give is a triathlete or a powerlifter. You know, these people have three different lifts or three different aspects of their sport that they're training for. And sometimes if they want to bring up a weak link or really prioritize a stronger link, like let's say a triathlete wants to focus on swimming or a powerlifter wants to focus on their deadlift, they might spend an entire training period on the deadlift or on their swim and knowing that more than likely they're running their bike for the um, for the triathlete and the squat and the bench might deteriorate a little bit no matter how hard they try to maintain it. But throughout the context of their overall program, they know that later on they can reprioritize those lifts, deprioritize the current lift that they're working on, and just it just kind of ebbs and flows. So it's just really important to understand that aspect of it. Yeah, and, and that's why you put goals as still as the number one yeah. thing is that because it every one of these points it kind of reminds you to go back to that original point, which is is this really my goal? Is it worth some of the sacrifices that I may have to make in order yeah. to achieve this goal? Yeah, totally. Um and then finally, once you get to point four, if it gets too fatiguing, if you if you're if you're in a position where it's just like it's really taking over your entire workout and you feel totally burnt out after the pull-ups, it might be worthwhile to actually have a second workout in that day. So you're actually doing a two a day. <laughs> um, so uh, an example could be getting your sets of pull-ups in, your five sets of pull-ups in in the morning. And then if you have the ability to, to try to get your actual workout in later on during that day. And again, knowing that the second workout is probably going to be a little bit less um, intense than if you were fresh. But basically what that does is it allows you to get the full reps in for your pull-ups and also gives you um, some time to recover in the middle of the day to then, you know, hit it hard again for the workout later on. We don't recommend putting in the pull-ups on your in, in between days of your workouts. So let's say your day one strength program is on Monday, day two strength program is on Wednesday. We wouldn't recommend sneaking in the pull-ups in between days for most people because that will impact your recovery. We'd rather have you sneak in two workouts in one day, rest a full day, and then get your workout in again the following day because that just gives you more time of recovery rather than interrupting that time of recovery with workout after workout. So that is what we'd recommend, if at all feasible, yeah. right? Um, and again, that goes back to your, to your, to the initial kind of uh, question that I pose: is what is your actual goal? And if it is to get a pull up, that notion that you might have to do two days, two workouts in a day, it won't really phase you because you'll just be like, oh, okay, that's what it takes. Then I'm going to go and do it. If you feel a little bit of an inkling at all that that is not really what you want to do. And then it's important to realize that because forcing yourself to do that will ultimately make you feel like you're resenting the process of it and that you won't really enjoy it. And as soon as you feel like you don't really enjoy it, um, just from an overall overarching level, um, it's going to be much harder to be successful on it because you're going to be you be like, oh, I got to do my pull-ups in the morning. Oh, that's not going to be fun. And that you're going to have low energy when you do them. And then your other lifts are going to suffer. And it's just going to be this kind of recurring cycle that's going to set you up um, for not feeling great throughout that process. And that's something that you definitely don't want to do. So, so all this is to say, 
is just make sure that you want to be able to do <laughs> the pull-up as your primary piece. And if not, then just continue on with your general strength training program. You know, take the advice that we put into that podcast, the mindset advice, the technique tips, the concepts like greasing the groove and not going to failure and pulling slowly. These are all going to make massive strides in your pull-ups without putting all of your uh, emphasis on the pull-up itself. And over time, you'll get there. It might not be quite as fast as if you were to really put all of your time into pull-ups. But again, it's going to be probably a little bit more of a sustainable and uh, more consistent journey. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And it kind of segues us into the second piece of this podcast, which is um, just battling and addressing negative self-talk because we see it all the time with things like pull-ups when people get frustrated that they're not where they wish they were or wished or they feel like they, you know, fell off the wagon a little bit in terms of their training and now they have to start over and feeling really negative. So it kind of we see it with pull-ups a lot because it's one of those things that uh, or one of those exercises that when you don't do it consistently when you don't prioritize it it you can really kind of feel like you go backwards very quickly um and so that kind of feels like a pretty decent segue into what we were gonna talk about as our as our main piece of of today which is how to address and handle negative self-talk when it comes up in your training yeah and this is like this is just going to happen across the board, yeah. <laughs> no matter who you are. And we've gotten, it's certainly a lot of in-depth conversations with the members of our gym at Achieve Fitness. And we've had these conversations online with our risers uh, around the world as well. And it's just something that is naturally going to happen in any sort of quest of self-improvement, whether it's health and fitness or what have you. Um, but we thought it was important to just uh, touch upon today. Yeah. So we'll talk about some of the strategies that we've used either both or both, I guess, on ourselves and also uh, things that we've read about, things that we've recommended, things we've learned throughout the years of of seeing people go through this. Because, I mean, for sure, I have gone through plenty of <laughs> negative self-talk myself and I've talked a lot of people through the negative self-talk that they're going through. Um, And so we've done a lot of just general learning and understanding of what it actually takes to get out of that kind of negative self-talk spiral because the common or a common thing you hear is just think positive, be nice, be kind to yourself, you know, say something positive about yourself every day. And these things can feel... they're easy to say, not mm-hmm. easy to implement, right? Yeah. Um, Especially in the moment. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, when yeah. you're actually in that moment, you're not just going to turn around and say, I love myself. <laughs> I'm beautiful. I'm wonderful. I'm amazing. Like, it just isn't how our brains work. And so we just want to go over some some things that we think actually do work. Um, so one of them that we use all the time and try to remind people all the time is to think about how you would respond to a close friend or family member who said the things that you're saying to yourself out loud to you. So for example, if you're, if you were doing your pull-ups, we'll use, we'll go back to it. (laughs) You're doing your pull-ups and you only get three when you were supposed to get five and you start to say, what is wrong with me? I'm so weak. Why can't I do this? Everyone else can do this. I it's, I'm supposed to be able to do this on this program and I can't, I'm such a failure. I'm so weak. Imagine if you can tell how much negative self-talk Lauren has done in the past. I know how it works. (laughs) (laughs) He just rattled off six different examples. And that's what happens, though, is that it's not ever just one thing. You're not just like, oh, that sucked. It's like you just go down this spiral because 
you it just compounds it just builds and if you don't ever address it then it really really builds <laughs> um but imagine that your best friend started saying those things to me your immediate reaction to them would be you are not weak you are so strong look at all the pull-ups that you've been doing over these past couple of weeks so many people can't even do that and you've been so consistent with this program and you're just having a bad day like this is just one day it's no big deal you're still an amazing person you would <laughs> you would go there instantly and so it's just helpful to once you recognize that you're in this pattern to just imagine what it would be, what your response would be to somebody who was saying those things out loud to you. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely have found that people that really go through those sort of uh, mental struggles, I feel like that they're always going above and beyond for anyone who kind of um, uh, exhibits those same sort of struggles, yeah. right? Because they know how tough it is and how hard it is. And they want to make sure that that other person feels really good because they understand what it feels like to not feel great in that moment. And I feel like uh, that's a, yeah, it's just a really good piece of advice to kind of reframe that. Like, how would you approach yourself in this situation? Right, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because we, we rarely actually extend the kindness that we show other people mm-hmm. to ourselves. Yeah. And so to try to, yeah, most most of us are compassionate and supportive and kind people to the people that we love and not that way to ourselves yeah (laughs) so it's instead of just saying love yourself put yourself in a different put yourself in someone else's shoes and have this more sort of outside in perspective um when you're going through those those negative self-talk yeah yeah kind of like takes the emotion out of it and just makes you a little bit more reasonable and logical about the whole situation and yeah i think it's uh yeah super helpful just like removing yourself from your own situation yeah 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 um, something else, something that uh, our coach Sarah has talked about a lot and we really, really appreciate is changing your sentence. Like, say, let's take an easy sentence. So you look in the mirror. So I'm talking self-talk in all different ways, right? So I'll give lots of different examples. So that last one was more of a training self-talk. Of course, we see a lot of body image self, negative self-talk as well. Um, so say you look in the mirror and you say, I'm so fat. It's like something that people say to themselves all the time. Mm-hmm. Um Instead of trying to say, no, I'm not. I'm so skinny. I could be a supermodel (laughs) and trying to go in the complete opposite direction, which, like I was saying before, is just not really reasonable or realistic. Sarah talks about changing something negative to something neutral. So from negativity to neutrality. And instead of trying to completely flip the situation, trying to talk about what is real in that moment. And it could just be as simple as this is what I look like right now. That's the that's the example she always gives and it it was so powerful for me to hear her give that example because it's not like saying this is what I look like right now is not anything revolutionary it's not anything that's going to make you feel amazing in that moment it's just bringing you back to reality because Mm. sometimes we're so far in the negativity that we're not in reality anymore and we're in it's just not the things that we're saying about ourselves are just not even true they're so cruel they're so mean and they're just not real yeah and I think uh, the power of that statement also is the saying the right now Mm -hmm. and just because that is the reality like in that current moment of time that is your current state or if you had a bad day with pull-ups like today I had a bad day with pull-ups and it it makes it just so much more finite whereas when you go through your negative thought spirals you have these absolute statements right I'm so weak I suck at pull-ups I am this you know and it's just so 
concrete, whereas this just allows yourself some grace and gives you hope that the next day is going to be different. <laughs> yeah, and that's actually, it leads into one of my next points so perfectly. So I'll just go there because I think that's pretty clear and self-explanatory is just going from negativity to neutrality. Mm. Um, but you really led me well into thinking about when you're in a state of being really negative to yourself, thinking about it in more long-term and big, big picture ways. Mm -hmm. So instead of, so if you're basically like, will this matter in five minutes or will it matter in five years? Mm -hmm. Like thinking bigger picture helps you to get out of that moment of feeling really panicked or really negative or really upset. Like, will I, will this matter? What I'm worried about right now, will this matter tomorrow? Will this matter in five years? Will this be a massive thing in my life? Or is this just something that I can't stop thinking about right now, but isn't actually that big in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, just kind of... broadening your perspective of what is going on in your life. Yeah, I was going to say just reframing in order to gain just better perspective over the whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then also, does it, in terms of big picture, like, does this, whatever you're thinking about, does it change who you are as a person? Does it make you a bad person? Does it change the way that your friends or family see you? Mm-hmm. Um, those things, I think, are important questions as well. So if we're going back to the the negative self-image kind of thing, you have all these people in your life who love you. And if you step on the scale and you gained two pounds and you start going into one of those spirals of I'm so lazy, I'm so fat, I'm so... I'm, such a terrible person because of I can't lose weight think about your best friend and what they value about you and whether you gaining two pounds changes any of that yeah you know whether you not doing a pull-up changes the way that your kid looks at you and Mm -hmm. thinks that you're amazing like these things are just help you to again I think it's all about perspective but help you to open up your world in that moment to thinking a little bit broader yeah I think that makes a lot of sense just yeah just reframing everything that it's it's it is this stuff is really important but it's not it's not everything everything. yeah yeah Yeah. totally um yeah Yeah. and then i think one one last one that has helped me immensely and i know it's helped a lot of people is to just say the things that you're thinking in your own head out loud and Mm, share it with somebody that you trust um so that could be a partner it could be a friend it could be a therapist um but just sharing sometimes just simply saying it out loud makes you realize like oh this isn't actually that big of a deal or I don't actually think that about myself like as soon as you say it to somebody you feel almost silly sometimes Mm -hmm. saying the things that you're saying but when you keep it inside and it's bottled up it gets realer and realer (laughs) if that's a word (laughs) more and more real uh, and it feels more and more powerful over you but saying it out loud sometimes just takes some of that power away yeah and I think like I mean you 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 all heard it with Lauren's rapid fire negative self-talk example but you can just in your head you can just mentally spitball and like just it's all systems go of like all these negative statements and as soon as you kind of say it out loud it stops that mental thought process i feel like in its tracks and it's just kind of like the words just kind of float out there and you just automatically stop and you kind of are able to process it on a much more like you said real level yeah um and i think yeah i think it just kind of like Let's it all out there and it just less just reduces the tension a bit inside your own head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I know that that is 
I know that think topics like this are not resolved overnight and listening to one podcast on negative self-talk is not going to <laughs> suddenly cure you and you're always going to only think positively all the time. Um, so today at what I was hoping with some of these strategies is is just that is getting strategies for when these things come up as opposed to feeling like you're cured of all negative self-talk because as much as I've been on a journey with this kind of stuff for I would say six seven maybe eight years now I still have a lot of negative self-talk it's just that I don't mm. let it get me into a dark as dark of a place as it used to because yeah. I have some of these strategies to help me get out of it more quickly to help me not let it ruin my day ruin my week and I think that's what I want for for everyone is to just start to have some strategies that they employ whenever they get themselves into this situation my goal is not to and I don't think anyone's goal I I mean it could be a goal but I don't know if anybody (laughs) is capable of never thinking a negative thought again yeah totally and I think just by listening to this hopefully you know that you are clearly not alone in on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren, experience, Lauren has experienced it, and uh, I've definitely gone through my fair share as well. Um, for my, my my example was um, back when we were early on as personal trainers, um, I experienced heavy amounts of imposter syndrome, and during that time period, all of the you know the quote unquote experts in the field they were very into powerlifting, and uh, my. It kind of like naturally, I got wrapped up into this feeling of, okay, I need to be really strong at powerlifting in order to prove that I'm a good coach. And so I had the, I had set these internal goals for myself of benching 300, squatting 400, and deadlifting 500. And I would try to fast track my way through those. And so if I was feeling sick or if if I was feeling a little bit banged up, I would still force myself to hit the numbers that I wrote in my program. And it eventually got to a point where I was constantly getting hurt and I was just getting burnt out overall because I was just training so hard to just arbitrarily get to these arbitrary numbers. And it really kind of robbed the joy out of training for me. Um, and it wasn't until I got introduced to kettlebell training and other forms of training um, that uh, that you see a little bit more popular today, like Olympic lifting and stuff like that, where I rediscovered what it felt like to learn movements again and to explore what my body was capable of and kind of going through those those sorts of channels. And I, I think this is kind of a, a meta example because it goes all the way back to <laughs> my first point of like, what is your actual goal? Is it this weird thing to kind of uh, validate yourself amongst others? Is it something that you're putting all of your self-worth into or is it something that you actually want to do yeah so yeah and you you didn't just get out of that mindset because you just told yourself okay this doesn't matter anymore yeah yeah. it was a a process right so over time you heard other coaches talk about their insecurities around their lifts and Mm. you wanted to console them and let them know that doesn't mean that you're not a good coach and then as soon as you say that out loud you're like why don't I give myself that same grace and then you know you start to learn from coaches who do different things that other than powerlifting and you realize that they had so much to offer and they couldn't deadlift 500 pounds and you just over time you just start to have experiences and and also work on yourself at the same time that start to bring you to um, a less negative and and more realistic way of thinking for yourself and yeah. goal setting for yourself. So, so yeah, yeah, I hope this this kind of feels like a feel good podcast by the end. And I know there's a lot of talk of negativity, but hopefully it <laughs> kind of leads you to a more a more positive or at least a more neutral place in your thinking right now. And just know that 
your friends and your family and us if we knew you in person if we know you in person we care about so much more than the things that you tend to focus on and the things that you tend to dwell on for yourself. We think that you're just an amazing person. There's so much about you that makes you special other than just the things that you are being negative toward yourself about. You know what would make them even more special and amazing? What? Is if they left over us a review on iTunes. Oh, that would be really <laughs> special. You this know? is what this whole podcast is about, <laughs> to get a secret cell of leaving a review on iTunes and subscribing. <laughs> <laughs> that was cheesy. That was cheesy. Yeah, that's totally true. Anyway, <laughs> I felt like I was really going somewhere. It, it with was that. actually very powerful, but as you were you you were saying, you probably saw me start to smirk. Yeah, I did. I was like, "What's he laughing about?" <laughs> Being so genuine. <laughs> anyway, we really would appreciate a review on iTunes. We, we really it means a lot to us, and it helps us to know that you are enjoying the content and that you want to see more. So, until next time, sweat out, happiness in. Boop.